Welcome to Catholic Sports View on Relevant Radio. A look at the athletes and coaches who shape the Trinity League. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Now, here is your host, Bob Gibson. Welcome to Catholic Sports View. I am Bob Gibson, and we thank you for joining us once again this weekend. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to Richard Shearer. He's the Assistant Commissioner with the CIF Southern Section, and we're going to talk about a very important topic, and that is the lack of athletic trainers on fields and courts uh, here in the state of California. So we're going to kick it around a little bit on that topic as well, and he's an expert on it. But let us start off the show by welcoming in the head boys basketball coach at J. Sarah Catholic High School, Keith Wilkinson. Coach, welcome into the show, and congratulations on your recent award, explain to everybody what that award was, and don't be modest. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, I received the Coach's uh, Character Award, um, voted on by the uh, athletic directors for, for Jay Sarah, but uh, was one of many. There is uh, a lot of a lot of great coaches in the Orange County area um, who uh, received that award for their school. So uh, happy to represent to uh, 2019 Jay Sarah for that award. Yeah, no, congratulations again. I, when I saw it, I was like, no, that's great. And you're right, there were there was a lot of good people that were recognized. But yeah, I think it goes back obviously to the school itself, right? And one of the core values, obviously, at Jay Sarah is character and in presenting that each and every day, um, and especially in a faith based school like Jay Sarah is. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing that, that I've uh, actually been blown away at, and. and really enjoy coming from a UC school system at UC Riverside and, and now being able to be at J. Sarah and, uh, you know, just preach faith, intellect, and character, which is our, our, our pillars. It's great to, to be able to do that and, and uh, you know, just on top of preaching it, try to be an example of it every day. Were you a little surprised when you heard your name on there? Because you're right. Like you said, you're pretty new here to the high school scene. Yeah, you know, I was. Uh, it, it was a great honor. Um, you know, I've, I've been... Uh, fortunate to work with great people. We have great leadership at this school, so maybe it was an honor to just even think of that way. When you kind of reflect back on the season you had uh, a year ago, and obviously there was a lot of success on the season, was the transition everything you thought it would be? You know, it, it was better, honestly. It was really better than I thought. I uh, I thought, you know, for kids that, that I hadn't known and, and coming in here in that first year, they uh, they really bought in and, and um, just loved the senior class that we had. They were just great kids, and, and uh, they set the tone for the rest of the program and, and uh, really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, the atmosphere that you get to play in, in the Trinity League uh, is great. You know, when you go to Servite and you got the asylum going nuts and, you know, you get to go play in some of these great uh, arenas and places. So it, it blew me away. And, and the thing that I liked the most about high school compared to college is uh, the, the rapid rate of – of maturation and, and just how quickly kids change. I mean, in college, you see it their freshman and sophomore year is a huge jump, but in high school, it seems like every year these guys have a huge jump. I mean, I remember my sophomores from last year who are now juniors kind of starting to look like men, and uh, my you know juniors that are now seniors starting to look like grown men. So it's pretty cool to see how quick uh, the development happens at this level. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's, it's it's true, right? The level of basketball being played and the level of athlete now, maybe you can even compare it to like a college-level player from 10, 12, 15 years ago, I suppose. It's, I mean, you just look at the Trinity League in general, and I think there was like, I want to say, you know, of the seniors that were in the Trinity League, I think there's six or seven that are playing Division One college and, you know, four or five that are high high major, and that's just seniors. I mean, it's a high, high-level basketball, and some of these stuff that these kids are doing at this age now, the athleticism and, and the, the, the physical strength is, is mind-blowing. 
I know uh, as we speak, uh, you're kind of in between. You've got um, uh, Shadow Day going on on campus. Uh, maybe kids who want to be uh, future Lions on campus. What kind of kid are you looking for? Who's the, who's the kid that's the perfect fit to be a part of your, your basketball program? Oh, man, that's a great question. We're looking for guys that, uh, first and foremost, that you know want to play hard, don't want to have to teach guys how to play hard. We want guys with great voters. And then the second thing is, I, you know, I like guys with a good basketball IQ. So, you know, play hard, play smart. And then the last thing, uh, you know, that we're looking for is unselfish guys. Um, so play together. So that's kind of our motto, play hard, play smart, play together. So those are the things that we look at. Yeah, there's, it'd be great to have talent. It's great to have size. Um, but if you guys got guys that are that have a great motor, that have a good IQ, and that are unselfish and think about more than just themselves, then you have a chance to be a pretty good player uh, and help others around you become better. And, and then that's ultimately how you have a good team. You mentioned uh, the the Trinity League, and uh, it's it's not for the faint of heart, as we always say here, because it's a league that top to bottom uh, has some of the best talent uh, that, that you'll find anywhere. And Obviously, we know the way Modern Day finished their season uh, a year ago. Bosco has been, uh, you, you know, one of the top programs. Uh, Santa Margarita won a CIF title just a year ago. How do you get your program to fit in and get to that level of play and then become a champion? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a process. You know, ultimately, uh, you know, I think Modern Day is because of the success that they've had and, and uh, the coach that they have over there and Gary and, and their program. I mean, they, they are head and tail just way above everybody else right now and it's a game of catch up for the rest of us and, and you know Bosco's been able to get there a little bit then Margarita had success in the CIF and and uh, we're getting there too it's just it's going to take a little bit of time it's a process about getting the right people in here and one of the things that we always like to say you got to get the right people got to have a good process and then ultimately you're going to have a great product so if we can get the right people and have a good process of doing it we're going to get there you know finishing Second last year in the Trinity and, and uh, you know, beating some of those teams, beating the St. John Bosco yeah. Open Division team and beating Santa Margarita CIF title team. And we let one slip away at Orange Lutheran. You know, we should have been 4-1 and, 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 and tied at the Trinity League champs. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting close and, and proud of year one. And hopefully we can build here in year, year two and just set the foundation and try to catch them. Because I'll tell you what, I, I have a ton of respect for modern day. They've been around for a long time and very good for a long time. So they're clearly the leaders and, and the one that everyone's playing catch up to. Yeah, they're they're the standard bearer, that's for sure. We're visiting with Keith Wilkinson, the uh, the head coach uh, of boys basketball over at J. Sarah Catholic High School. The Lions uh, getting ready for another season uh, coming up. Obviously, you know that your your football program over there having great success, and and uh, obviously the, the the basketball program chomping at the bit to be uh, next in line. You mentioned those seniors from a year ago, and you got a couple to replace this year. Who are some of the guys that are going to come up and are hungry to fill that void? Yeah, you know we uh, we we had a great great senior class. You know, with the leadership of a guy like Parker Santos and mm-hmm. uh, DJ Rodman, obviously a talented player, now playing at Washington State, and, and uh, another senior in Juwan Ganai, who's at Vanguard, uh, continuing his college career. Those guys will be tough guys to replace because they're great team guys and, and obviously all very talented in their own right. But uh, we, we've been able to, to, to add a couple transfers in here. We have a, a big Italian kid named Francesco Bora, who's a seven foot, two hundred fifty three pound, seventeen year old. Oh my gosh! Until November, wow. <laughs> um, he's an absolute monster. Um, so looking forward to, to putting him in the mix. We got a, a couple guys who have playing experience in Hugo Clarkin and Paxton Brazell that are back. Hugo's a senior. Uh, it's committed to San Jose State. Paxton is a six-seven lefty um, junior, and then we got you know Ian Martinez, who's a first-team All Trinity League guy yeah, back. Yeah. Um, is going to be Ryan to be you know the CIF Southern Section Player of the Year. That's how talented he is. 
And then our point guard back in Justin Williams, who's the second team alternative league guy. And then uh, a couple of good young ones too. Um, so we're, we're excited about it. We, uh, Got a good group. We got about eight uh, returning guys who have, who've all played and have minutes on the varsity level, and we're adding a couple of good transfers to that and a couple of good uh, sophomores that we're bringing up. So should have a lot more depth this year, which I'm excited about because that way we can hold guys accountable to playing hard uh, every second that they're in. Yeah, you led me right into my next question, which was about Ian, and how important is it to have um, a guy like that coming back who's such a great player but such a great leader as well, to have him on the court, almost like a, another coach on the court, right? Yeah, you know, it's huge, man. I mean, Ian is just, uh, he's a great kid. Uh, he's got a really high basketball IQ. He competes at a high level. And I think he sets the example of how, how, how to work. I mean, he, he comes in every day and just works his absolute tail off. And, and, um, you know, super excited to have him his senior year. I can't wait to see him take another step. Um, and I, I don't say this often and I don't say this lightly, but he's got a chance to be a professional basketball player. Uh, at the highest level because not only the elite athleticism, but he he's a grinder. He works his tail off for it. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to see him in his senior year. I'm glad to obviously have him on my team and not have to go against him. <laughs> um, but I uh, can't wait to watch his future because he's got a very, very bright future if he can continue to work and, and stay healthy. A couple more minutes here with Keith Wilkinson, the head boys basketball coach at J. Sarah Catholic High School. Just kind of finishing up again with the award and the, and the whole character thing. How important is it to, to set that example, you know, to your players and then even, you know, just the rest of the kids on campus, you know, to, to tell people? And then, you know, we mentioned the kids that are coming in, maybe want to be part of J. Sarah someday to see that, hey, the coaches and the administration, everybody there, you know, they, they show character in it. And it's an important part of being part of the community over there. How important is that? Yeah, it's super important. I mean, if you, if you look at our school and, and uh, you know what, what we we're all about here at JCR, and it starts with our leadership. You know, from the principal to the athletic director to the president and the foundation that they set. But it's super important. You know, our motto and in, in uh, our basketball program is we have to love Jesus first and then love others. And then if we can do that, um, then I don't care what happens on the floor. We're going to be great people. We're going to be successful human beings, uh, positive members of society. And that's something that's tough to do today in the culture with kids and Instagram and Snapchat and, and Facebook and all that stuff that's, you know, all about me, 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 me. You know, we try to instill um, characteristics and values that of, of character, of faith, of intellect that help these kids, you know, in life lessons because at the end of the day, the ball is going to stop bouncing at some point for them. And, and we want them to be great people all the way around. And if you can love Jesus and love others before you love yourself, I don't care what you do. You're going to be a successful person. Amen. That's the whole point uh, of being in coaching and, and being uh, obviously in, uh, in teaching and all that as well. Coach, thanks again. Congratulations on the award. Uh, thanks for catching up with us. And uh, basketball season is always just around the corner, right? Awesome. Can't wait for it. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks. That's Keith Wilkinson and the head basketball coach at J. Sarah Catholic High School. More to come right here on Catholic Sports U. You're listening to Relevant Radio. Want to know what the Diocese of Orange is up to? Come and see on Saturday, October 12th at our free Diocesan Ministry Celebration. Starts with Mass at 9 in the brand new Christ Cathedral. Hear from Bishops Kevin Van, Timothy Fryer, and Tai as they each lead presentations in three different languages, English, Spanish, and Vietnamese, on the direction of the diocese and the increased focus on evangelization and faith formation. Go to rcbo.org slash dmc. That's rcbo.org slash dmc. We'll see you there. 
Saturday, October 19th, come to St. Peter and St. Paul Catholic Church in Rancho Cucamonga for a Divine Mercy Conference presented by Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. Speakers include Father Michael Berry, Deacon Steve Greco, Kathleen Beckman, and Donna Lee. Divine Mercy can change the face of the world. Register for this conference on Saturday, October 19th by visiting spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Or shoot us an email at info at spiritfilledhearts.org. Back to Catholic Sports View. I'm Bob Gibson, and thanks again for joining us on this Saturday morning. And uh, let's welcome in the Assistant Commissioner with the CIF Southern Section, Richard Shearer. Thanks for joining us and taking a couple of minutes. Oh, good morning. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We want to talk about a very important subject. Uh, you know, when I contacted Tom Simmons over there at the Southern Section office, he said right away, uh, you know, Commissioner Shearer is the guy to talk about this issue of uh, athletic trainers. And I know it's a big topic that's been in the news. For a couple of years, at least, and it's something a lot of people have talked about. I mean, we've got a lot of health issues, you know, with athletes, um, you know, on the obviously on the table. And I kind of wanted to start off by by just kind of finding out what the role is, I guess, of the Southern Section Office in terms of getting qualified medical personnel, quote unquote, you know, athletic trainers, you know, people that are in this position um, on school campuses and what the position is of the Southern Section in, in making sure that athletes are well kept on campus and in, in competitions. Well, the CIF State Office as well as the CIF Southern Section, uh, both are active in promoting, you know, the necessity of having trainers available at school sites and promoting their value and also uh, putting in processes and creating resources for schools to use when it comes to the care of athletes. I manage here at the CIF Southern Section. I have an athletic trainers committee that uh, we meet three times a year. We had our first meeting on September 17th this year. I have 13 members, certified athletic trainers from the uh, that represent the 600 schools of the Southern Section. Our goals are to create resources that all schools can use at their site. You can find those both on our Southern Section website, have a great tab of resources there, as well as the state has a um, handbook to use for all of uh, all of the schools as well. And I think the key is uh, this committee started four years ago under my predecessor, um, Glenn Martinez, and uh, my job is to continue that forward, and our goal is to compile resources and best practices that schools have easy access to and can continue to use. And uh, we had our first uh, meeting, like I said, uh, a couple of weeks ago and made great progress in, in taking a look and updating what we currently have, which is a, a very extensive library already. Is this true? I've heard this stat thrown out there, but I want to get it, uh, you know, official that the state of California is the only state in the U.S. that does not mandate athletic trainers at at, at their schools. Is that true? We are uh, we are behind nationally in that. Um, there is no doubt about that. I think that we understand the value. There has been Senate bills that have moved forward. Right. We don't have one yet. I think there's without a doubt in the near future you will see that happen. And part of that is you know making sure that uh, we give opportunity. Opportunities uh, for trainers to be part of processes and be a little more public and, and the value we know already exists um, in them and the great job that they do at our sites. And I got some tremendous people on my committee um, that I'm excited about. I have people that have been trainers for 30 years. You know, some of my most senior members on that committee, we've got uh, Tim from Loyola High School. We've got uh, people like Chase Paulson from Diamond Bar High School that's the state's master certification uh, person for hydration for rest 
wrestling. And, uh, you know, our section has some of the very best, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're qualified people. Obviously, the size of the section, you know, dictates that, you know, that, that what, what Southern Section does, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other sections will follow uh, and be on board. I, in my doing my research, uh, you know, I've seen that there were some bills that have kind of made their way through the state legislature, but have been met with some pushback for various reasons. Why do you think there would be pushback on, on, on just trying to get a trainer there that, that to make sure that if anything were to happen on the field, and unfortunately, you know, we've all seen it, and I've covered it, games where uh, athletes have been, uh, you know, injured and unfortunately, uh, you know, passed away uh, at times. But why would there be pushback against wanting to put somebody who's trained there on the scene and and, and be able to be the you know, like that first responder there, right there on the field or the court? Well, I, you know, I, I I won't speak for people around the state. You know, um, I came from a, I had the good fortune to come from a school district before I came here to start this job this summer. That you know we had full time trainers. School districts are in different situations, uh, and I know that uh, there's discussion about how to get those funded in smaller districts. Mm-hmm. How much uh, can be shared by the state, shared by the districts, and those kinds of things. I know those are part of the conversations. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that we're going to get there, and uh, without a doubt, percentage is higher than it now. Um, I've seen it grow, and I've been an athletic administrator for 20 years. And, you know, the trend and the momentum is in the right direction, and I, I, there's no doubt that we're going to get there. And, uh, you know, my, commi- my committee agrees, and, and we're encouraged by that. You know, it's interesting, our, uh, our current president um, and our president-elect, both the CIF Southern Section Executive Committee, uh, both started out as trainers. And um, without a doubt, uh, we, we see the value in that. I think the momentum will get us there. But I think, you know, probably some of the things that are still being worked out and the concerns in Sacramento or over what kind of costs there'll be, shared costs, those types of things. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that's obviously, uh, you know, finding the money to, to fund these positions is obviously a, a big thing to be able to do that. We're visiting with Richard Shear, Assistant Commissioner, CIF Southern Section, and we're talking about the need for athletic trainers uh, across the board in athletics. Um, you know, I, I think of the, you know, obviously the, the CTE issue, football is always at the forefront, I mean, you know, the physicality of the sport, but, you know, other sports too. We're, we're not just talking about you know, life-threatening injuries here or, or those kind of things, but, you know, the, the chance to diagnose other things, you know, uh, quickly on the court, uh, you know, sprained ankle or, or other things, or, you know, just being able to administer the correct way to nurse an injury or to, to, to address that so it's not a, a parent or a coach who maybe doesn't have, you know, that, that kind of training. You'd think there'd be parents maybe that get on board and say, hey, you know, we, we want to help make this happen. Sometimes it has to be a groundswell from, a, you know, maybe a parental side of things to get things going like this. Well, you know, local support always helps when it comes to these types of positions in school districts. There's no doubt about that, um, you know, that uh, they see that they're supported. You know, our state is fortunate in the sense that we've got very high standards in, in terms of what our coaches go through to be certified. So it's a great complement to what our trainers do as well. We know that that day-to-day care um, is what's best for student-athletes. You know, they they complement each other well, and I think our standards for that are outstanding in the state. Does it come down to money sometimes? I mean, are, are we seeing you know schools that maybe are in a better financial situation, perhaps private schools who can pull from funds from within a school are able to, to have a person like that on board, whereas maybe a public school and maybe in an area that's, that's not as financially solvent uh, is not able to have that kind of a position? Are, are we seeing that kind of a break as well? I think... 
every situation is different. You know, it's 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 hard to speculate in, in different school settings, private, public, you know, small, large, whatever they might be. I think there are different ways that you will see training programs get started. Um, you'll see athletic trainers in schools that teach during the day. They'll have sports medicine classes, and that program will feed into um, student trainers after school with a certified trainer with them, and there's they're just some exciting and exceptional programs around our section with that. You'll see schools that will start with trainers that they'll contract out with local um, clinics uh, for trainers just for the after-school events because that's the funding that they have to start with, and that's where they'll go. And what you'll find out sometimes is those will grow into programs where students will want to take classes in that, and you'll see CTE classes spring up from that. So, uh, you know, it starts in different places. I, I think you hit on it. Uh, a lot of times it will local support and understanding of the need for that, but we see it in a bunch of different uh, forms, and in every case you'll see it grow once it gets started. Do you feel like the Southern Section Office can be an advocate, you know, for this as well? And one thing I love about the Southern Section Office and, and obviously, uh, you know, Commissioner Rob Wygod and, and all of all the commissioners over there, you guys are so transparent. You're very great with uh, communicating um, with the public and the member schools at large. Did you feel like there's a chance to, to kind of get at the forefront as a section office and say, hey, you know, here's an issue we really need to get behind? I think we are. And I think the state office has. Yeah, We've absolutely. Been supportive of legislation that has existed. Um, I think if you you see what we put out and are the opportunities that we provide for trainers, you know, we have a huge athletic summit on Monday uh, at uh, uh, the Fairplex in Pomona for our sections. We have superintendents, principals, and athletic directors coming to that event from all over our section. And one of our sessions is being run by our trainers from our, from my committee. And we're going to continue to do those things where we put out, uh, you know, publicly what the value of the people are. We're going to put them in places where they can share that out around the section so that if you're in a place, in a school, in a district that maybe you haven't had a chance to see that, we include them in many of the things that we do. It's not just directed, you know, specifically at that. So we're having a section-wide event, and we're sure to include them. We have a committee that meets multiple times, and what we're talking about is having our trainers now go back locally and be part of league meetings and association meetings that are, have typically been for athletic directors and coaches. And as they get involved again, you're going to get the opportunity for them to share best practices and things that are going on in their their specific area. Do we know how many schools right now actually have a, a full-time athletic trainer on site for the athletes? Uh, that number varies. I mean, um, in our section, so uh, you know, it'll be part of the survey we do annually. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have that number for this year because our survey takes place later on. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm confident that we have one of the higher percentages around. It helps that we have you know large schools and large school districts in the southern section. When you go into your meetings, obviously you have your committee, and, and it's, it's so important uh, to, to, to be able to talk about uh, different issues. What are, what are the things that come up? What are, what are the things that committee wants to talk about you know, and, and wants to get better at? Well, you know, well, some of the things that we talked about at our first meeting this year is uh, what we, you know, we we talked about wanting to add some resources in our southern section resource library for air quality. 
employee recommendations. You know, fires have been a, a big part of yeah. what we've had to deal with in the in the southern section the last several years. And so that's one of the things that we're going to work on and put together to add in our resources, and that was a really good topic of conversation. We have some technology changes that are coming in the sport of wrestling. Uh, you know, we have a hydration program that allows us to to see where wrestlers can safely wrestle. And we're going to, there's a technology change there where we're going to go to an ultrasound technology here in a year. This is a transition year for it. And the trainers are responsible for those. They're, they're the assessors in those situations. And so we spent time talking about where that technology is going to come from, what the new cost is, and how they can front load their schools with what that's going to be. And those are the types of things that we look at. Uh, and, and then we, you know, we, we talk about when we receive, uh, new things that the state would like to see. Uh, you know, this year we added um, an opioid fact sheet and sign-off sheet as, as that has become something we've become more and more aware of. What we try to do through the, the trainers committee as well is, is give feedback to the schools and remind the schools what needs to be part of their athletic clearance packets at their school sites. And so that's an example of a new thing that this year was added and we took a look at that and discussed that and the ways to get that added at our school sites because the trainers are able to go back and take that directly to their school site and get that added, whether it's electronic, whether it's still paper at their school site, those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, you're right. These are things that we maybe we don't even think about. The, the opioids, you know, the vaping uh, issue is, is, yeah. is a big thing. And these are things that maybe a, a certified athletic trainer would be able to see the signs of, maybe that a, that a coach is doing Absolutely. some other things other people aren't able to see. A, a trainer would be able to see those, some of those things. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of value in those. So uh, those are the types of things that came up at our first meeting, um, and uh, they're an eager group. Uh, I'm excited. That there's a lot of energy there, and uh, it's, uh, it's a group. It's one of, of the groups that I have. It's one with a lot of positive momentum. No, it's 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 really great, and it's and it's an important issue, and it's one we need to. And there's no shortage of people, right? We don't have a shortage of people who can be uh, athletic trainers. So if we can find the funding and we we can get this, you know, pushed through and 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 put into place, uh, we have people ready to take these jobs, right? Oh, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about that. You know, you can just look around the college programs that are locally and see so many of our university and schools have programs. We have a lot of high schools, you know, that that get kids started in that direction, and we have a lot of high schools with some great programs that will drive student interest into sports medicine and athletic training, and then they go on to universities and, and go from there. So there's certainly not a shortage of people that want to be involved with this. Well, as I mentioned, it's, it's an important issue and, and one that uh, I want to stay on top of it, and I know you guys are going to stay on top of it as well. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing with us the updates on this, and, and we'll continue to follow this, and, and hopefully uh, the Southern Section will continue to be uh, at the forefront of, of making this all happen. Well, again, it's my privilege to come on this morning. Thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to talking to you again. I want to thank Keith Wilkinson and Richard Shearer for appearing on the show today. If you want to catch us, uh, we are on Twitter, at CatholicSV. That is at CatholicSV, and you can always send us an email as well if you like, CatholicSportsView at gmail.com. That'll wrap up the show for this weekend. Join us again next Saturday right here on Relevant Radio. I am Bob Gibson, and thanks for listening to Catholic Sports View, where athletics meets faith. You've been listening to Catholic Sports View on Relevant Radio. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Spread the word about our broadcast and we'll catch up with you again next week at this same time on Relevant Radio.